The Film Guide with Sam and Chris, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and good day to you. This is the St Albans Film Guide. It is the 10th of February 2023 and I am here, Samantha Rolfe, with our local film fan, Christopher Aikman. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, no worries. I'm excited for uh, you to guide us this week through new to cinema, new to streaming, and talking about your where to next movie. And then, of course, finally, as always, we'll, we we will travel through your pick of films on free to air television over the next coming week to keep yourself, the listener, entertained. So, Chris, please tell us about. New to cinema, Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yes, this is the third and final film in the Magic Mike trilogy, directed by Steven Soderbergh and starring Channing Tatum. Uh, The first two films, uh, well, they're they're about Magic Mike, who is a male dancer and uh, stripper. And uh, the first two films were incredibly well received. Um, People thought they would just sort of be bunch of hunky men dancing and you know there is a lot of that but they were actually turned out to be very critically acclaimed films Mm. um the third one is out today and also stars Channing Tatum uh, again but also Salma Hayek is in there Uh, Matthew McConaughey was in the first one he'll make an appearance as well Alex Pettifer so um expect a lot more of um hunky men dancing it's uh, It has to be said, although obviously we haven't seen this film yet, that uh, it has been slightly less critically well-received uh, than the others. So it seems like maybe the trilogy is ending on a bit of a damp squib, but uh, that doesn't take away from the first two being uh, very enjoyable films. Okay, well, I didn't realise there was a second one, honestly. So. That's, so Magic Mike is the first one. Magic Mike XXL is the second one yes no i do remember that but i haven't seen it and magic mike's last dance is the third one okay well you know it's hard to do a trilogy well and uh it is if uh if it's only had like middling reviews and that's not the worst is it no that's true and two out of three ain't bad exactly okay so tell us about the other release it's called women talking Yes, this is actually a, um, a film directed, written and directed by Sarah Polly, who uh, people will know uh, primarily as, as, an, as an actor. She is the star of the Dawn of the Dead remake, Zack Schneider's Dawn of the Dead remake, among other things. Uh, she was also, um, in uh, as a child actor, she was in um, Baron Munchausen. Uh, so she's, she's had a long career, but she's written and directed this film um, about a bunch of, uh, I say a bunch. That sounds sort of very. <laughs> it's a bun- bunch collect- of women. What's the collective noun for women, Chris? <laughs> Please tell us, as a man, what is it? Oh, oh no! Part of me really wants to make a joke, but <laughs> don't. I, I won't. I won't do that. That would be bad. That would be a bad thing to do. So this is um, a film about um, a group of women in a sort of isolated uh, religious uh, sort of colony, a Mennonite colony. And um, so it's some, they they basically discover that they are are being abused, essentially. A a man among the colony gets arrested 
and taken away by the police. Um, a lot of the other men go with him to make sure he's sort of okay, leaving the women alone to talk in a way that they haven't been able to before. Uh, nice. This has been nominated for two Oscars, including Best Picture uh, and also Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, and it has a, a great cast. as Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley, um, Judith Ivey, Francis McDormand's in there. Um, ben Whishaw, one of the, the few men in there as well. And it, it seems like, um, again, it's been incredibly well-reviewed and I would very much like to see this. I think it would be an excellent film. Okay. You say adapted screenplay. Was it a theatre show before or a short film or do you know? Um, If you don't know, then don't worry. That's That's a good question. Then don't worry. Oh, it's based on a novel. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, Uh, But inspired by real life events, mm. uh, although not, yeah, inspired by, but not necessarily uh, factual. Not not necessarily based on one singular story, potentially something like that. Uh, So it was a specific, so the the real life events occurred at the Manitoba colony, um, which was a, a remote and isolated Mennonite community in Bolivia. Uh, but yeah, it's based on a book from 2018 by Miriam Toes. Okay, okay, interesting. And um, I love to see it, written and directed by a woman about women's yes. stories. You know how much of a gripe that is for me when you have a really good, strong woman character lead or like a story about women, and then it's like directed by a man, produced by a man, and all that written by a man. It's like great, okay, cool, but like, can we allow women to write and direct and produce their stories about themselves? Anyway, moving on, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> but no, so yeah. See, it's... if if I'd have said if I'd have said, can we move on now? Again, that's dangerous territory for me. <laughs> well, you let me get there by myself. So I did. Okay. Well, thank you for those uh, very two interesting sounding and get yourselves to the cinema films. And um, we'll be right back with new to streaming. Okay. It's mere seconds later and we are back with new to streaming. I hope you didn't go too far. Yeah, just, yeah, we didn't give you, you much. think you had time to put the kettle on or something while uh-uh. we were uh, taking a break? No, not not on this podcast. Uh, hint, that's what the pause button's for. Mm, or, you know, sponsors, where are you? <laughs> that's true. Any number of sponsors, please get in contact. Uh, Chris at com. Is that what my email address is? Yes, it is. There you go. Or Sam at com. Yeah, that's right. And then um, you'll have enough time to put the kettle on during the sponsor break. There you go. Anywho, so we have a couple of films uh, hitting your streaming services. First of all, let's start out at Netflix and uh, Your Place or Mine. Yes, this is a film written and directed by Eileen Brosh McKenna, who people might know as the co-creator of uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which Sam and I absolutely adore. Mm. Um, And she also um, did The Devil Wears Prada, is is one of hers. And as well as she she has written 27 Dresses, uh, Morning Glory, We Bought a Zoo. She's all over uh, sort of romantic comedy or, or, you know, sort of type thing. So what do you do when you've got, a romantic comedy director and writer 
and then well you need some actors for this romantic comedy so of course you hire romantic comedy veterans Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher uh, and so they play two old friends who live in different parts of the country one lives in New York one lives in Los Angeles and they to, to take a bit of a break from their lives they decide to uh, swap uh, houses for a week so they swap houses and it le- this leaves Ashton Kutcher uh, in charge of Reese Witherspoon's daughter. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just ditched their lives and was like, uh, you have my responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry, not, not I said daughter, I meant son. Um, I mean, even but... <laughs> so, regardless, a, a, a minor who, like, I'm assuming, yeah, has but to go they're, to school. they're old. They're old friends. Yeah, but he, he can get a, get the son to school. No, it just it was just not what I expected you to say at all. Like, oh, just make sure you dust occasionally or whatever. But no, here's like another human being to look after. But obviously, they they swap houses. Um, but you know, are there are there feelings between them? Probably uh, sort not. Of bubbling on these, no. Between these two incredibly uh, attractive people. No, don't be silly. No, no. Uh, That's so, not what this movie's about. No, definitely not. So it, not only is it directed uh, and written by uh, the co-creator of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it also does uh, have Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend mm, in there. Fantastic. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend co-star Vela Lavelle, um, who played Heather in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, has a She's role great. in this as well. So, yeah. This is your place or mine, if you want a bit of rom-com fun uh, this Friday. Well, I mean, we uh, we talked about, a couple of weeks back, we talked about Shotgun Wedding, Chris. We did. And uh, we actually watched it. And when we saw Shotgun Wedding and enjoyed Shotgun Wedding. Yes. It was it was the silly, fun, action, rom-com, comedy, wait, no, that's what rom-com is, um, <laughs> <laughs> that we had predicted. So... Uh, Warning, though, probably more violent than oh. did you you think it was going to be. Yes, for sure. Yes, I was comedic I'm... violence, but there is blood and yeah, a few people die. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> do they wait? Do they? Yes, lots of people die, Sam. Okay, um, I've got, I forgot <laughs> that entirely part. it from your memory. <laughs> Yeah, but no, yes, it it certainly was a little bit more like I would. It's not it's not a rom com you'd necessarily sit down with the kids and watch. Perhaps no, don't do um, that unless your kids are in their twenties. Like fifteen, no way. No, yeah, fifteen is probably fine. But yeah, Jennifer Lopez, great. Um, she's you know, and Jennifer Coolidge, the two gens. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, great, Josh Duhamel, great. Darcy Carden, great. Lenny Carrots, great. Cheech Marin, great. Sonia Braga, great. How many more that's, can that's, you that's, remember? That's it. <laughs> There's one that's like, I'm trying to remember the name of the woman who played her sister, and it might come to me in a bit, but not now. Anyway, that was on Netflix. It was. There and, is a film um, on... Yeah, on Prime Video, which is actually is that where shotgun that was where shotgun wedding was wasn't it on prime video it, it is indeed yes so yeah if you want to check that out if you haven't seen a poster on a bus stop yet like there's loads of them around um it's on prime video and yeah so coming out on prime video is 
somebody I used to know, which I'm assuming is not an Adele situation. No. Isn't it? Who sang that song? Gochia? Was that somebody else? Oh, uh, wait, yeah. I'm getting confused with a different song that's an Adele song. You are indeed. Never mind. This is also a romantic comedy, uh, this time directed by Dave Franco uh, and co-written uh, by Dave Franco and his wife, Alison Brie, of Community and Mad Men and all sorts of other things. Don't forget the Lego Glow movie. And the Lego movie, in which she play <laughs> is Is it Unikitty? Or Unikitty, she- yeah. Um, so uh, stars Alison Brie uh, as a uh, woman called Ali, who so original trip (laughs) trip to her um, hometown and meets her ex boyfriend Sean, which makes her question (laughs) makes her question her life choices. Um, Oh no, not feeling exacerbated when she meets Cassidy, a younger woman who reminds her of the person she used to be. Oh gosh! So this one, uh, Sarah Salisbury also appearance there by Danny Pudi, uh, her community co-star, who you know is he's in Mythic Quest on he is Apple indeed. TV. He is, and I think Community is basically the only thing I'd really seen him in. I don't know how much other stuff he's done. Oh, he's, he's done a lot of things. I mean, okay. He does a lot of voice work and stuff. Right, but yeah, having only really seen him in Community, I was expecting him. Obviously, like in my mind, he was kind of typecast unfairly because I've only ever seen him in that one thing. But then, like, he plays like such a different character in that. But then I'm still like, no, Arbed, no. (laughs) (laughs) As he's playing this complete entirely, yeah, it's yeah, it's tricky. But I have to like remember. People can play different characters, it's fine. Actors do different things. What? Yeah, (laughs) no. And talented ones will play, yeah, play different characters convincingly in different ways. Amazing. It's just, it's like a talent or something, you know. It is. It's like like, It's like a craft that they've Mm. honed over many years. Beautiful, beautiful. So. (laughs) Anyway, somebody you should know, good cast, uh, Alison Brie, J. Ellis, Kiss Clemens, uh, Hayley Joe Osment, uh, the little kid from... The Sixth Sense. Oh my god, is he still a little kid? That's so weird. He's still a little kid. That's what's so creepy about (laughs) The Sixth Sense. No, Hayley Joel Osmond is um, now 34 years old. and That's our uh, age. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) So, yes, somebody used to know. um, Yeah, looking forward to that. Brilliant. Okay, Chris, let's travel across the globe for a film not in the English language. Yes. And this week we are traveling to India, and it is a movie called Pathan. Well, I'm going to correct you on your pronunciation there. Please do, because I went with it and I I was sure I, it was wrong. I was calling it Pathan beforehand, uh, in the, it's the main character's name, and in the film they call him Pathan. Patan. Uh, Patan. Okay. Um, so this is a in, in Indian Hindi language uh, film. It's uh, an action, proper Bollywood action film. It's the fourth installment in the YRF spy universe. Uh, so this is there have been three films before this. They they have sort of internet connected characters and themes and stuff, but they're not 
you know, in a sequence particularly. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said internet connected <laughs> characters. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, all... they've got they've got four G and stuff on their phones. <laughs> Sorry, interconnected. Interconnected. So yes, characters appear in different films and things, but um, you don't. If you've seen, you don't have to have seen the previous three to make sense of this one. Uh, there's a lot of sort of exposition of backstory. Uh, so I, I I went to see this quite recently because it got some um, very good reviews. It's currently out in cinemas, and it got some very good reviews and was reviewed as being basically a a good old time. And that is exactly what it is. It's over the top and funny and silly and in some ways deathly serious, but also some ways sort of quite knowing and not, you know, winking. And it's sort of, it's, yeah, just good fun. And stars a true legend of Bollywood cinema. uh, That's Shah Rukh Khan. This is his first one in four years. Uh, he's one of the Khans, and he is—he's looking good in this film. He is fifty-seven years old, and he is ripped. And boy, do they want to show you that! Um, <laughs> but he's also—he's yeah. Patan is you know funny and charming, and you know silly, and but also kicks and butt. And I was <laughs> slightly shocked. I think. I, the more I'm turning into more of an old man when I see sort of movies like this because it comes up where it says like at the beginning it's like 12a and it says you know some violence um sort of threat things like that strong language so, so yeah there was so no no strong language okay. and as um with a lot of Indian films obviously uh a lot of Indian cinema is is very conservative um and so although there's what you would consider maybe a romantic interest, they don't, they don't kiss or anything like that. They're they're unmarried. They don't, they don't kiss and there's nothing. There's, you get like hints of, of an attraction between them. And at one point they get kind of close, but that's about as far as it goes. Um, And, but there is a lot of violence in this film. It's a lot of people get shot, stabbed, necks broken, thrown out things, blown up. It's, but it kind of gets away with it because it's not, there's no gore or anything like that. There's no like right. blood going everywhere. And so, but I was kind of shocked, like taken aback because I saw this at the cinema and there were a lot of people there and including several families, people like people who actually brought their kids. No one like stupidly young, but there were people I would, I would, kids I would guess were about maybe sort of 10 onwards. And you're like, this is, is quite violent but maybe that's just me being well an old man about the whole thing okay so compare it like i don't know if if it if it is comparable but any other action movie something like i don't know james bond which i don't know what ratings james James bond Bond, has they're normally 12 a's as well okay so like violence wise are they comparable or was this like more explicitly violent in a way i think the james bond movies are obviously violent a lot of people get shot in them and things like that i'd say i'm trying to think of the most so no time to die was the most recent one this probably had a greater amount of people being killed okay but yeah i mean i think probably 
I think probably James Bond movies are a bit too violent too. Hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's not, it's not like a bad opinion to have. But yeah, again, I think I'm just being sort of an old fuddy-duddy. Uh, no, but I, don't, I, I don't think so. I think like you see it in American and UK, probably a, probably a lot of places around the world where violence is not considered to, you know, censorship wise, it's not considered as like necessary yeah. compared to something like romance and sex. That's the thing. I think, it, yeah, in, it seems that Indian cinema, no problem with, you know, violence, but, and like I said, none of it's bloody or anything like that, but it's, yeah, but it's still a level. And some of, of it's done. It some of it is quite cartoonish, um, which I think it sort of helps get away with. It's kind of, like I say, it's kind of, a bit like our favorite movie of last year, RRR. Mm. It it's sort of silly but done with an earnestness, right? That is kind of winning. It's not like sometimes I'll, I'll probably use this as an example. Actually, sometimes with the Marvel films they get a bit sort of like winking and knowing and like sort of like they they try and make jokes about them, about Marvel comics and stuff. Like, isn't this all a bit silly sort of thing? Okay. And sometimes I think that can be a bit grating. Whereas like RRR is often like silly and overblown and same with Patan in, in lots of ways, but it's done with kind of like a, yeah, an earnestness. And it's like, it it believes in itself, so you believe in it. Whereas mm-hmm. Marvel films are sometimes feel like they're apologising for being silly because it's superheroes. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like they, there's there's jokes in the most recent Spider-Man film, for instance, where they, just off the top of my head, they captured Doc Ock and they ask him his name and he says, "My name is Doctor Otto Octavius," and they like. Spider-Man and his friends just start laughing at it. And right. then they're like, no, really, what is it? It's like, yeah. it's like, dude, he's got a comic book name, right? It's like, you know. Yeah, and you're in that comic, you're also in that universe. So, like, there's plenty of people called stuff like that, yeah, surely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like... <laughs> you're friends with Dr. Stephen Strange, who's helping you. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, so... Although there's also another joke in that, like the one of the previous ones where Spider-Man meets Dr. Strange, and he's like... Oh, we're using our secret names now because he calls himself Doctor Strange. And it's like, anyway, getting off the point. This was meant to be a quick thing. Patan, uh, watch it. Good fun. I look forward to watching the other three, which don't have Shah Rukh Khan in. Um, but uh, you know, I'm looking forward to them. They're all currently uh, available with Prime Video. But yeah, if you get to see it at the cinema, please do. First film as well I've seen at the cinema that had an interval, so I was uh, quite pleased with that. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna More raise that. More should have that if you didn't, because you said it was like equivalent length of, um, like some of the more recent, like same, the same Marvel, considering we've been talking about, you know, two, like what, two and a bit hours. It, it was, I think, yeah, two hours and twenty-five or some, something like that. But yeah, like um, I don't understand because cinemas, especially, they want you to buy food and they want you to buy drinks. Give was, people the opportunity, talking, right? I was talking quite recently to a, a colleague about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which mm-hmm. is now on Disney+. Plus. We watched uh, quite recently. Indeed. I think we both generally quite enjoyed it, but both agreed that it was quite long. Yes. Uh, for what it is, it could do with a good at least 20 minutes cutting out. Yep. And my colleague said that he actually 
near the end, sort of during the sort of kind of climax of it, he'd been holding in going to the toilet for uh, ages, and yeah. he'd was like, I should have gone before because there were some quieter bits. But yeah. he he, tried, he thought I can hold it, but then it's like nope, you can't. Go, can't. So he had to go. like he had to run out. So ended up missing sort of a chunk of what should be the climax mm. and uh it's like some of these films yeah they are they are too long yeah we not don't everyone need it. can not everyone can hold a wee that long no yeah anyway patan go see it <laughs> And finally, here we are at part four, your choice of fr- films on free-to-air television. Let's start with tonight, Friday the 10th of February, on ITV at 10.45pm. So a bit of a late one, but, you know, it is a Friday night. We have Con Air. We do indeed. Uh, Nicholas Cage is a man convicted. He's just come out of the army. He's convicted of of manslaughter because uh, he defends his wife who's being harassed, and he he ends up accidentally killing a person, and he's he's sent to prison. And as he's about to be freed, he's 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 put on a a prisoner flight, Con Air, uh, to be sent home. But while in mid flight, or not mid flight, but in during the uh, journey, the plane is hijacked and taken over by the criminals led by John Malkovich, and uh, he decides to basically take them all on and save the day. He's doing a ridiculous accent, but God, don't we love him for it. Uh, sounds, just a good good fun. Sounds very Nick Cage, yeah. It does indeed. <laughs> Excellent, yes, uh, a, good, a good recommendation. So on Saturday 11th at 2.45pm, so... Bit of family fun here. On film four, it's the Adams family. Yes, this is the Adams family that that I grew up with, with uh, exactly with Raúl Julia as Gomez and uh, Angelica Houston as Morticia. Uh, you've got Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams. Obviously, back in popular culture now um, mm. with the release of Wednesday on Netflix. But uh, yes. They're creepy and they're kooky, and uh, they'll mess you up. <laughs> that, the that's the alternative. That's the I think, I think second that's verse the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So right. Adam's Family, film four at two forty-five. Excellent. Uh, moving on to Sunday, the twelfth of Feb, we have one of many Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout on E four at nine pm. Yes, this is the most recent Mission Impossible, but there are. Don't worry, Sam. There if are two more Mission Impossibles coming out soon. If you'd ask me which mission, you know, which number Mission Impossible, I can't say it. Is impossible. this impossible? Um, yeah, there's uh, Sean Connery coming out there. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, I would have said I don't know, like the fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got. The first, the first three are just called Mission Impossible One, Mission Impossible Two. Well, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Two, and Mission Impossible Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got. Oh, let me get the order right now. It doesn't matter. Well, there's so there's <laughs> <laughs> Black Cage. There's Rogue Nation, is one of them. And I've actually just genuinely entirely forgotten the That's name of the other one. They literally, it doesn't matter. They're all no, the same. No, it does matter. They're all great. <laughs> 
So you watched them and you liked them. I, d- I didn't say I didn't like them. I just said they're the same. <laughs> they're not the same. They're great. There's the one with the no, nuclear weapon. They're the same weapon. and they're all great. This is the one with the nuclear weapon. There Fallout. you go. Hence the, hence the name Fallout. Oh, right. So, yes, this is, uh, yep, Tom Cruise being Ethan Hunt and doing all crazy stunts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the one with the plane where he gets outside of it? No, that's one of the other ones. This okay. is the one where he did an actual, um, where he did a halo jump. He did a, like the game out of a play. No, uh, a high altitude, <laughs> low open or something like that. It's about you basically uh, jump okay. from really high out and open your parachute really low. It's a military thing to avoid radar radar detection because yeah, you want to be you want to be. Because obviously, once you've opened your parachute, you're well one more visible, and two falling slower, so you can be yeah exactly targeted for longer and yeah more easily. So yeah, I know stuff about military stuff. But no, he wait. also he also I just know uh, stuff about gravity. He he flew a helicopter in this as well as dangled from the bottom of a helicopter and all sorts of things. He's on cruise. Yeah, you live one life, I guess. You know, live it. So he's living it to his fullest. Mm. Um, so that's Mission Possible Fallout on E4 on Sunday at nine. Excellent. Moving on to Monday the thirteenth on ITV4 at eleven twenty-five PM, we have Mad Max Two. Yes, before Mad Max Fury Road, this was the best Mad Max film. Uh, <laughs> actually, very <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, have you very... seen Thunderdome? Uh, I have seen Thunderdome okay. a long time ago. It's I'll been a while, it. uh, but this this is uh, kind of similar themes to um, to Mad Max Fury Road, um, uh, which involves a, uh, involves a protecting a a convoy uh, from people wearing a lot of leather. Mm, uh, so there's up. no original ideas. I mean, it's all it's all from the same person. So all right, I'll it's all George it. Miller. So. You can do that. Uh, you can't plagiarize yourself. So uh, yes, you can. <laughs> Let's be clear. Nope. Uh, can't libel the dead either. Just to let you know. Uh, so Mad Max Two, ITV Four. It's Mel Gibson. Boo. Yeah. It's Mad Max. Yay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's great. Lots of wild stunts uh, done in the Australian outback. I mean, if you're going to watch a Mel Gibson film, do it for free on free-to-air television, I guess. Yeah, please. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, on Tuesday the 14th, we have uh, on Film 4 at 11.20pm, The Shape of Water. Yes, Guillermo del Toro's film about a fishman and a woman who fall in love. And of course, it won him an Oscar. Well, it won him two, technically, because he was a producer, and it won Best Picture, and he won Best Director. So, um, yeah. Not Guillermo. my favourite work. Of his, to be honest, but what's your favourite work of his? The one with Pan's Labyrinth. The one with Pan's Labyrinth. I was going to say the... Pan's Labyrinth. Well, yeah, I was going to Pale s- Man. I was going to say the one with the man with his eyes in his hands, and then I remembered the name, and so I just yes. said it. Yes, the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, um... that is that is I, uh, arguably his best. Yes, but you know. Check this out if you haven't, I suppose. When you say not your favourite of his, do you mean you don't like it? Or because this is a this is a weird thing that us Brits do where we um don't really say what we mean. Mm. 
I... when we meet, when we say something's good, we we just say it's not bad, and it's weird. Yeah, we have problems, and we yeah. should collectively get therapy. We definitely should. Um, I would say that I just don't remember enjoying any of it that much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm trying to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I just... I just you like just said. You like. No, no, it's true. No, um, um, I'm looking forward to what the next sentence is. Well, I, I just also was kind of like, it was cringy and creepy and... Like, maybe that was... I don't know if that was the point. I don't know. It I mean, just... it's definitely meant to be creepy. It, okay, It's good. a Guillermo del Toro film. They're, they're definitely creepy. Okay, well, maybe it was more the cringe part that... Because, you know, I hate social horrors, so... <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I just... Yeah, no. It just didn't sit... Like, it didn't sit with me, personally. I didn't think it was cute. You don't like fish-human romances, then? Yeah, I really hate The Little Mermaid, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move Um, on. Because we've got to wrap this up, because as as, as we have recorded, um, Nintendo released a bunch of old Game Boy games, and I've got to get back to it. So, Yeah. On Wednesday, the 15th of February... Uh, we've got a couple couple of recommendations here, Chris. They follow each other as well, if you've noticed. Okay, well, you know, I know what I'm doing next Wednesday. I've seen one of them. Yeah, and you should watch you should watch the other. But I know you won't. Nope. <laughs> so Which yeah. one's which, listener? You decide. So on film four, both these films are on film four, but starting at nine PM, we have uh, Hereditary. Yes, Ari Aster's Hereditary, starring Tony Collette, uh, the great Tony Collette, mm. uh, and a world treasure. And um, yeah, I'm going to just spoil it right now. Not seen it, probably not going to. So I have though, and it's brilliant. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> so I mean, I can understand why you haven't seen it because it is so, it is horror through and through, truly. So. So Ari Aster also directed uh, Midsummer, which also brilliant. I have not seen. I recently heard someone describe it on a, a podcast. Midsummer, this is. How dare you not listen hereditary. to another podcast? <laughs> I heard them describe it as like being in a two and a half hour car crash, but in a good way. They meant it was like they they realized <laughs> no, but this is the thing. They they said they came out of it absolutely hating it because it felt like being in a car crash okay but they they realized so they didn't say it was like being in a car crash in a good way they okay. meant it would they, but they came out of it thinking the sort of how brilliant it was that it made them feel like that yeah that should make you feel something yeah uh, and... even if it's even if it's dislike or whatnot well so i mean yeah i don't think they well from what you've just said, I don't think they disliked it. I feel like they were just horrified, no, no, chilled no, they to the didn't, bone. They didn't like it. But I'm just saying, generally, art should make you feel something, even if it is. Oh, sorry, apologies. Even if it's a negative feeling, mm. it should. It, there's nothing worse than going out, coming out of a film, and being like, eh. "Yeah, true," and like having no no reaction to it. Yeah. So, so I mean, I I would I would argue that Hereditary ha- would provide the same experience essentially. 
it's just a different entirely different story but like the vibe is the same because obviously it's the same per- director writer yes. so that's the vibe <laughs> so after hereditary after hereditary straight after the hereditary yeah you don't even get a toilet break actually no you I do, mean you probably get for, yeah, so yeah yeah you will get it's going to be loads um but we have the orphanage uh, yes, J.A. Bayona's The Orphanage, which I have seen in 2007. This is much more of a classic sort of gothic horror film. You see, I don't uh, know that I've seen this. Oh, it's good. Mm. I mean, that's why I recommended it. Uh, it was um, produced uh, partly by, by Guillermo del Toro, going back to Guillermo. And it it's about a a, a woman... Who a woman named Laura who was as a child adopted from an orphanage. Uh, she then comes back as an adult with her husband and their son to to reopen the orphanages since closed after she left to reopen the orphanage as a sort of home for uh, or a facility for disabled children. And then her son keeps claiming while they're there to have befriended a boy named Thomas and draws pictures of Thomas uh, and Thomas is wearing a sack over his head. Oh, "Hmm, no. That's creepy. And then her son goes missing somewhere in the orphanage. And it's all very creepy. Like I say, it's it's sort of more of your classic ghostly gothic horror. Mm, Um, Sounds like my cup of tea. So yeah, not like tons of jump scares and stuff. It's 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 a you know nice build up of tension and dread and just general creepiness. Well, yeah, I mean, I've said it. If I say it once, I said it a thousand times. Like cheap jump scares, you don't. If you don't earn them, you don't deserve them. So that's good to know. I'll uh, look forward to hopefully watching this one day. Then maybe Indeed. on Wednesday at eleven forty-five. Yes, or thirty-five, whatever it starts. 35. What time I said? 35. Yeah. Yeah, so that is my pick of films on free-to-air television. Fantastic. Well, this has been a lovely journey um, through films this week, beginning Friday the 10th of February 2023. I hope you enjoy the film landscape out there, listener, and have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in a couple weeks with my picks of free-to-air television and new streaming cinema and maybe a horror film thrown in there that we'll discuss but in the meantime have a have a great week have a yeah enjoy yeah see you soon everyone